beautiful Winthrop in Rock Hill, South Carolina never disappoints. Another fantastic USDGC event. Uh, great action on the MPO side and the FPO side through all four days. And here we are. We're at the end of the year. The Tour Championship is this week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Putt Stuff. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined this week by just one man, and that's Pete. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Uh, it is sad to hear that, once again, Dalen has passed away. Um, he the man went, can't catch a break. Yeah. Um, this time, he wasn't He wasn't trying to go out in the field for us this time. He was, honestly, he was ready to do this podcast with us. And then he sat on the toilet, and then he never got up. So, um, old Elvis. Yeah. Uh, so rest in peace, Dalen. Um, I guess we'll just make his picks for him this week. Yeah, I which guess means so. He's probably not getting who he's picked the last two weeks. So, <laughs> Dalen uh, has left the building. Yeah, because I, I can't ask him because <laughs> he's dead. So, um, maybe, maybe you know, it is it is spooky season. So maybe we can do a little bit of contacting from beyond the grave. He'll haunt us. I mean, I mean, it, listen, anything's possible. Let me get out my Ouija board here. Uh, I think there's an app. Hold on. <laughs> I was not expecting the thought of a Ouija board app. Come on, man. I, I, I want you to right now search the app store. I would 1,000% bet that there's a Ouija board app. Oh, you know there is. <laughs> I'm going to need it if I'm going to ask Dalen whose picks are. No, man. Ouija. Ouija board. It's, it's Ouija o- board free and real is one of the, like, fill It's O-U-I-J-A. There are... Plenty spirit. None of them are actually called Ouija board. I'm guessing because that's a oh, copyright it's trademark. Yeah, yeah. But there's spirit and witch board, ghost board, haunted board, <laughs> spirit board, Harry Potter, Hogwarts <laughs> mystery. I think that's. Just, I think that's just an ad. That's that's how you know we're living in 2023, man. You got to use the technology to communicate with the spirits. No more. <laughs> no more boards. No more crystal balls. Use the iPhone like everybody else. I'm sure there's a crystal ball app too. So. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> well, did you find any time this weekend to watch any of uh, USDGC? I watched some on uh, Thursday and Friday. I missed the the end uh, mainly because we we've been doing a lot of work in our backyard. I am a lazy homeowner and didn't mow my backyard for weeks. And Can so, confirm. Um. Yeah, so we cleaned up our entire backyard. We rebuilt our fire pit, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's habitable again. You can actually see out there. It looks nice. Hey, um, but I did miss the awesome playoff in the FPO, mm-hmm. where um, even though it was not a official DGPT victory, I think it is the biggest uh, victory of this woman's career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Between me and you, I think almost on a weekly basis, we were trying to get Holland Hanley a win, and we both wanted to be the one that got credit for it finally happening, and credit to you, 
She waited until literally the second to last event for it to <laughs> to go down, and she finally got it. But it, yeah, had to take Kristen Tatar to a playoff, which really it it shouldn't have gotten that that far, because I believe Holland Hanley had a three stroke lead going into hole eighteen, and then threw out of bounds at least once possibly twice i'm trying to remember but i want to say she bogeyed or double bogeyed and man i need to pull pull up the scores i I mean i should have all this pulled up uh but either way i mean she played 18 poorly kristen tatar birdied it and took it to a playoff but i mean she had to catch Tatar, though, I mean, that final round, she outplayed Tatar by seven strokes. Just, I mean, including, uh, no, sorry, six strokes. She outplayed Tatar by six strokes, and then, I guess, technically a seventh stroke in the playoff to get the win. Right. Um. So, I mean, I think it's just nerves. Like, the last time she was in a playoff, she uh, missed the island with, uh, which one was that? Was that OTB, the Haley King one? They did the playoff on the island hole, and she missed. That sounds right. So, so I mean, okay. Holland Hanley's just not as used to that position yet. She's been close a bunch, but yeah, this time she's able to hang on and, and she, get the biggest win over the best FPO disc golfer in the field. So She played lights out in round four. She shot a 10 under in round four, which is just bananas. Uh, but, yeah, so she bogeyed 18, which all she had to do was play for the par. You play for par, she wins because she was up two strokes. Uh, that obviously means Tatar would have had to eagle it, which wasn't going to happen. Tatar, going into this round, had never birdied hole 18 at Winthrop, and she birdied it to take it to a playoff. So credit to Kristen for trying, um, but Holland just outplaying her in the playoff. Yeah. And uh, it's, again, a shame that this doesn't count as like an official DGPT win, but it was still a big yeah. payout for her. She, you know, got a lot of recognition. Um, and it's, I think it's just good for how close she's been to getting a win all year to yeah. finally have a win against this. I mean, it's still all the pros, even though it wasn't like an official DGPT event for them. Like that you're still playing against all the best pros. Like Tatar was there, Ella Hansen, Missy Gannon, Haley King, the Monahano sisters, yep. like all of them were there and playing and she beat all of them. So that's got to feel good. And we'll give her some momentum for this week and uh, the rest of the year or next year. I yeah. should say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Just to recap the top five at the throw pink championship uh, in fifth place was Ella Hansen tied for third was uh, Ella Hansen shot a 19 under. Tied for third was Evelina Salonen and Henna Bloomrose at 21 under. And second place, Kristen Tatar, 23 under. And like we mentioned, Holland Hanley also shooting 23 under, but getting the win in the playoff for the championship and a nice little paycheck. Uh, also find found out during the broadcast that the winners of the throw pink get like a it's essentially like a super bowl type ring so it's a championship ring they'll get it next year there's like a hall of fame induction ceremony whatever but that's where they get the ring so good looking out colin you're gonna get a nice little ring next year so good for you something to look forward to yeah definitely definitely 
Um, now, as far as the MPO action in the USDGC, which was a major for the males, uh, Kyle Klein went off. He had a three-stroke lead going into the final round. Is that right? Uh, I th- I think it was more than that because I think he triple bogeyed the last hole. Well, no, no, no. What, I'm, what I mean is he had a three-stroke lead going into oh, the final round. Yes. Of, yeah. Yes, that is correct. So he had a three-stroke lead. And I know after the after the front nine, that was up to a nine-stroke lead. And somehow, he walked away with a one-stroke victory. He played it incredibly safe over the back nine, not taking any chances. And so much so that I know on hole 18, as we just mentioned with Holland Hanley uh, bogeying it, Kyle Klein did double bogey. Bradley Williams got the bogey but it wasn't enough i think you're mixing up your words there a little bit kyle klein on hole 18 got a triple bogey he got a triple bogey okay, bradley I thought, williams got the birdie right i thought i thought klein got it's just a double but still yeah. not enough to force yeah. the playoff yeah not not quite i mean kyle kyle was trying to give it to bradley but not quite enough he did sneak away with his first major yeah. win uh just a, a nice Nice uh, little bit of excitement to end to end the tournament. <laughs> yeah, he made it because it seemed like after, you know, he got the eagle on hole 10 and then the birdie on hole 11, and it was like, okay, like he's he's insanely far ahead of everybody else. And then just a little par streak, a single bogey on 16, and then just like, it was like the disc will get there eventually on hole 18. <laughs> so I, I want to say he might have gotten – the uh the eagle on ten in every round. I know he got it at least twice. Uh, he got it in every round, but round two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was killing that hole. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just to recap, the top five of USDGC in fifth place, we had a tie between. Calvin Heimberg and Joel Freeman, both shooting 22 under. Uh, tie for third between Isaac Robinson and Simon Lazat, both shooting 23 under. Second place, Bradley Williams, 26 under. And like we mentioned, getting it done for his first major victory, Kyle Klein, 27 under. Uh, I predicted it. I predicted this back in February. Kyle Klein would get his first major of his career this year, and then I had to predict him last week because I was running <laughs> out of majors, and uh, it worked out. Got a nice little double victory. I don't remember what my bold prediction was. I don't remember what it was either. I feel like it had to do with Eagle McMahon, but I don't remember exactly how you worded it and what it was. I know he was my like year-end pick. Okay. Which I mean, he didn't win in points, but could still win this weekend. So, yeah, is that a little foreshadowing to your predictions? Maybe. Also, um, <laughs> the Ouija board, by the way, has worked. Oh, oh um, all right. I and I know for a fact this is Dalen because of what he said here. I asked in in the board, "Who are you picking?" And the board said, "Fuck you." <laughs> so. That checks out. 
that checks out. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I'm. I'm just gonna. We'll make his picks for him. I mean, we know who he picks every week. So. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> USDGC, great event. Uh, hopefully next year we're able to get up there and uh, actually be at the event, watch some action live. Uh, but now we've got the tour championship happening just right down the street in Charlotte, uh, about a half hour away from Rock Hill at a decent little park up there. A course that I actually got to play a couple months ago. Uh, Nevin park, very, very wooded. I did not do a great job and that was playing from the short. So I don't feel great about myself. I'm probably going to feel even worse after watching the pros and how they do on that course. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. Well, they also changed the layout for slightly, yeah, the pros. So, um, this is a long course. I don't know how long the layout you played was, but for MPO, this one is ten thousand seven hundred seventy feet. Uh, I can, um, and then I can for tell you. FPO, nine thousand four hundred forty-five feet. So they, it's a long trek through the woods for the most part. I think there's a couple holes like. 17 and 18 are a little open. Six is a little open. Uh, but for the most part, they are, I mean, just like Champions Cup, they are deep in the woods. Yes. Knocking trees. Uh, having, so I haven't gotten, I wasn't able to get a chance to play any of the courses at IDGC, uh, which, you know, as we mentioned before, they're having to tear it all down and kind of, rebuild that whole property because of a bug infestation uh, but the course is there having been there to see the finals of champions cup this year and having played this course in charlotte this course is definitely way more wooded 100 percent more wooded it's yeah. it is i mean you're deep in there uh by the way the layout i played was the blue 19 holes because there's 19 holes for some some reason uh but it is 8320 feet is a long course. I mean, that's just like Soxty. Soxty is 19. Yeah, but how many? What's the length on Soxty? Off the top of the head, do you know? Uh, I can find out real quick. My guess would be it's in. It's like close to six. Somewhere between 5,500 and 6,000. Which is a little bit on the long end for like a local course. Uh, but yeah, Nevin Park felt incredibly long. I would say... So typically, if I go play an 18-hole course by myself, just playing pretty casually, casual pace, I can play an 18-hole course in around about an hour, an hour and a half. The quickest I've played Splinter City was an hour. Uh, this whole this course took me two hours to play this. It's so long. And you've got some elevation going uh, on. Yeah, Sakisti is about 6,500 feet from okay. the short pads or... Uh... 7,300 feet from the long pads. Yeah, so this is from the shorts that I played, 8,300 feet. Yeah, that's long. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And like I said, you got, <laughs> you got the elevation as well. So the, uh, the shortest distance hole was 202 feet. The longest distance hole was 805, I believe, looking at it. So, yeah. That's so much walking. It was a lot, man. It was a lot. <laughs> and I believe for the uh, the MPO layout, it is almost 11,000 feet, which is, uh, again, it's, yeah, it's grueling, man. It's a lot. 
yeah, 10,770 feet is way more feet than I've ever walked in my life. So, yeah. Uh, weirdly, I didn't love this course. I don't know what it was about it because I do, I do enjoy a lot of like wooded courses. That's kind of what I started started on when I first started playing out in Georgia was more wooded type courses. So I do enjoy that style. I don't know what it was about this course. I didn't like. My initial thought was, eh, it's decent. It's it's fine, but it wasn't anything special. Which is, I don't love feeling that way about where the tour championship is going to be played. But I don't know. I mean, you might, you might see it this weekend, and it might be better just because of how it's laid out. It might be possibly laid out in a better way. It's I will say it's, it's worth checking out if you're in the Charlotte area. But it, I don't personally feel like I've played far superior courses other other places, in my opinion. But to each their own. Everybody's everybody likes different stuff. Uh, do you want to go ahead and jump under some predictions? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Ouija board. Oh, oh. oh. La- last picks of the year. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. This, I, this week is Friday the 13th, by the way, so this really is spooky. Now listen, I'm telling you. Um, so if we're, if we're. We don't have a sting for this, right? We're just getting into picks. Yeah. We've only been doing this podcast for eight months. <laughs> we don't have any. We don't have a uh, jingle for this, do we? Um, That's the other podcast. The, the other ghost, <laughs> the ghost of Dalen, for his FPO prediction, selects Ella Hansen. No surprise. For his MPO pick, selects Ricky Wysock. No surprise. So uh, last pick to... of the year, he has to do it. So Ricky Wysocki is the four seed currently, so he's got a four-stroke advantage for the first two rounds. And Ella Hansen is the fifth. Sixth. No, fifth. You're right. Sorry. Fifth, and she has a two-stroke lead. You calling me a liar? No, I was just looking at the wrong name. That's all it was. My bad. Man, oh, man. All right, Pete. How are we feeling? Is it my turn? I mean, I can go if you would like. I'm sticking... With my gut. We've yep. talked about uh, money with a certain player before. And this tournament, Making History, is the biggest payout in disc golf history. Are you going to do it? A are total. You, are you going to take my FBO pick right now? I thought you were going to. Sw- I'll switch it up. I'll switch it up. But. <laughs> Who are, you, who are you going with? A total. Let me let me talk about the history first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A total of $322,000 will be awarded split among the top 52 players, which, is, every, which is pretty much everybody playing, I think. Yes, it is everybody playing. Um, at, everybody now. just playing in the tournament who doesn't make it to the second half, which the semifinals, is being awarded $2,500. And that's... Yep. FPO and MPO payouts are the same. I know sometimes MPO gets paid more because they're a higher field, whatever. Yep. Not the case here. Um, it's just more MPO players are getting paid out because they have a bigger uh, finals. Yeah. Um, and then everybody else gets paid in more increments from there. The number first place player in both MPO and FPO are getting $40,000 each. It's a big payday. 
Um, to put that in reference, I think the other big one is what Ledgestone. I think is the other one that's usually like a huge yeah. payout because they're owned by a bank. Yeah. Uh, the Ledgestone payout. I want to say that was maybe first dirty. place was twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Oh wow! So it wasn't even thirty. Yeah. So. This is the big big money time, and it's big time money. for Big Money Missy to show up. She's only starting one stroke behind Kristen Tatar for the start of the tournament. And as we saw last week, not every lead from Kristen Tatar is safe. So give me Big Money Missy Gannon. You son of a bitch. I really thought you were going to go Tatar. You're I mean, you probably will now. Well, I will now. Have to now. <laughs> <laughs> you forced my hand there, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little bit of perspective. Uh, so you win the tour championship, you win a forty grand paycheck. Uh, I checked this whenever we were looking at Holland Hanley. Holland Hanley on the season, her season total earnings are fifty three thousand. So, if she was to sneak out a tour championship win here, which she's fully capable of doing. She could almost double her season earnings. Yeah. And if Tatar wins it, she will get up to, I think she might surpass 150 K, which is she would just be right bonkers. there. She'd be at 147. That's nuts. That's, that's ridiculous. I think already just getting second at the last tournament. I think she's the highest paid player in player. Probably. In history in a season. Probably. I think Waisaki, I think her and Waisaki were back and forth a couple years. I think Waisaki last year was at, uh, let me see if I can find for sure. I think last year he made like uh, 104. Yeah. 105. So that was the record last year. Ricky Waisaki made a total of 105. And Kristen Tatar has already passed that. So the most winnings of any player in disc golf, just from winnings, not talking about like their sponsorships or any of that stuff. Cause I know like Ricky and some of the other players have like million dollar contracts, whatever with. Yeah. That's just from her playing. <laughs> like that's insane. That's yeah. Long. I wish I could make a hundred thousand dollars playing disc golf. If you look, you want to look at like the top two, the top, let's say the top two two of the top three uh mpo guys in isaac robinson and calvin heimberg they are four dollars apart in season earnings right now both just over eighty-eight thousand. which yeah and i again, mean calvin that's a, heimberg that's a hell of a like that's a hell of a of a payday just from playing disc golf and calvin heimberg's only had one finish outside the top 10 yeah, <laughs> and he's still twenty thousand dollars short of Tatar. I'm pretty sure he's cashed at every tournament that he played. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, and I mean he's made at least four figures at every tournament he's played yeah. this year. The reason why Isaac's is up there is because he's just taking advantage of the big paydays. Yeah, he's won two majors. Uh, yeah, the majors pay out a decent amount. Well, maybe it's uh, big money Isaac then. I, I mean, that's not who I'm picking though. The man knows how to bring in the dough. Don't uh, don't 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 think that's who I'm picking because it's not. I'm picking I mean, Missy Gannon for FPO, 
MPO. And the only reason, honestly, I was going to stick with my start of the year predictions, but then Dalen picked Ella, the ghost of Dalen, excuse me, picked Ella Hansen, who was my start of the year prediction. Yeah. So that's why I took Missy. Uh, my MPO, I'm going to stick with what I said, and I think Eagle McMahon's going to pull it out. I think he's uh, starting with a three-stroke advantage, so he's in a pretty good spot to make it to the finals, and uh, I think he's going to throw grenades all over this course and hopefully not hit anybody. But <laughs> Yeah. I think it's his time to shine. He's got the distance. He's got the accuracy. He's just got to put it together. Yeah, listen, listen, also not a bad pick. Uh, for my predictions on the FPO side, I'm going to switch it up. I'm not going to go Tatar. Tatar is the easy, safe pick. Listen, I've already beat y'all in predictions. I don't need safe picks anymore. Uh, <laughs> Tatar would be fun. I love Kristen Tatar. I think she's phenomenal. Uh, but I'm going to switch it up. And I'm going to go with somebody else. I boldly predicted her first DGPT win correctly back in April and I think she gets to her championship here for some reason I don't know why, why I'm leaning towards it but I'm going cat I'm going cat merch vibing give me the vibes all day uh, uh, sometimes the vibes help her sometimes they don't I remember there was a tournament earlier this year where there was like kind of a short wooded hole and she was the only one who parked it and it was just a tap in and she was vibing and did a funny push putt and it spat out. And so she got a part instead. Yeah. So sometimes the vibes are good. Sometimes the vibes are bad. I think the vibes will be flowing. I don't know. I'm, I'm I feel like vibes. it's hard to have good vibes when you hang out with Nico LaCastro that much. That, that could also be true. <laughs> you might have a good point. There. He has bad vibes all the time. And she's also, her, her first round, she's on a card with Katrina Allen, so the bad vibes might be flowing there as well. We'll see. We'll see how it's it also, pays out. Also part of the reason why I'm glad that Dalen picked Hella Hates in. On the MPO side, listen, I predicted it back in February. I've got to stick with it. I'm going Simon Lazat. Uh, I don't know... I. I don't know why I picked him back in February. I feel like I was drawn towards him signing with MVP and just assuming that he, you know, would have yeah. kind of a lights out year, which he's had a he's had a perfectly fine year. He hasn't been bad. Uh, he's won two events. Is that right? Yeah, uh, he. I think he's won two. I think it was just because of how dominant he was last year is probably part of it too. And then the switch yeah. to MVP with how good MVP was for uh Conrad. You know, some other play yeah yeah some other players that moved over. He's just had some for some reason the MVP putters like just aren't working out for him like Dismini did. Like I think he's throwing really well. He just has some putting issues. Uh I mean I, I gotta say sometimes. MVP putters not great. Not great. Yeah. Um but I mean he's had a lot of good finishes um he's only had a couple outliers of like really bad but he's been in the top 25 every tournament except two yeah I mean, he's sitting um, he's sitting as the seventh seed currently so like yeah. it's not like he's been he's been fine yeah and he won the music city open and then he won the great lakes open yeah Glow. yep 
Yep, yep, yep. And he got fourth. Uh, or no, he was tied for third this past weekend. So hopefully that uh, carries some momentum into the Tour Championship. All right, I want to ask you a ooh, another prediction, which I don't know if we need to count it or whatever. I'm just curious uh, to hear your thoughts. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with this Tour Championship format, the way they're doing it this year, which is a little bit different from previous years, is there's a cut line. It's two rounds to get into... Uh, to basically qualify for the finals. It's a two-round semifinal. You have to make the cut line to get into the finals. Once that happens, the scores completely reset. Everything starts back at zero. It doesn't matter how you played throughout the year. You're sitting equal to everybody else that qualified for the finals. So your stroke advantage goes away. I don't see... Uh, basically, so... One, th- 1 through 12 have at least a two-stroke advantage or more. 13 through 16 has a two-stroke advantage. 17 through 24 has a one-stroke advantage. This is for the MPO. I don't see anybody sitting without a stroke advantage making the finals. But if somebody was going to, I want to know who you predict it will be. Here are the names, by the way. You have Nicholas Antela, Fino Makala, Nicolo Castro. <laughs> em- <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> Emerson Keith, Andrew Presnell, Mason Ford, Paul Ulibarri, Parker Welk. I feel like I know who you're going to go with just because you kind of want to will them into the finals. I really do. I yeah. really, really do. But if you had to, if you had to pick one of them that you think has the best chance of getting there, who would you the go? The problem with? is my heart says Paul Yulbari. Right. My brain says Nicholas Antela. That's that's who I would say as well. Um, I think Vino could do it as well because Vino Vino seems to have moments where he just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But he's not like super consistent. Where I do feel like Nicholas Antela is, I wonder how much of this him being seated so low is him playing in Europe. Possibly, where he's not able to get as many wins because right. Paul Macbeth was hogging it over there. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna will Paul Yulbari to making it to the finals. I'm gonna <laughs> will it to happen. I mean, it's it's not like, listen, Paul has completely turned around his season over the last half of the year. So, uh, I mean, that's not that's not a bad pick. Yeah. He's been playing very good. I mean, he's been doing it for a long time. He knows this course very well because I think they play this course pretty much every year for the yeah. championship. So um, he's best friends with Big Germ. So I'm sure they've played a lot in Charlotte together in the offseason and all that. So I yeah, I'm going with my heart on this one. So as far for the FPO side, the same thing. Uh, it's 13 through 20 on the FPO side. Uh, it's Maria Olive, Jennifer Allen, Stacy Ronsley, Holly Finley, Lisa Fakis, Lecky Lorenzen, Juliana Corver, and Valerie Mandohano. Who would you say out of those? Um. I do like uh, 
like a uh, Lucky Loretson. Yeah, she had a great showing at Worlds. Uh, the highest uh, Dutch woman, I I believe she's Dutch, Dutch or Norwegian. I can't remember. One of those countries, Norwegian. She's the highest finishing Norwegian at Worlds. I think she got like fourth. Um, and this is a longer course, and she's a little bit younger, has a little bit more of the stamina for it. So I True. think, uh, I think I would go Lucky Loretson. Either her or Valerie Monahano might be the better. She's only low because she qualified by winning an event, not by getting the points because she was injured right. most of the year. Right. So Valerie Monahano would also be a choice, but I believe she's on the list of people I don't pick. So I'm going to go with Lucky That's Loretson. That's fair. Yeah, Mandohano would have been the one that I think I would pick of those, uh, just because I think she's the most consistent player. I do like also like Jennifer Allen. I think Jennifer Allen could possibly do it, um, but again, I think Mandohano is just the most consistent. She just happened to be low on points because she missed so much time. I just need someone to come up and take Katrina Allen's spot, which yeah, with how much she misses short putts, I think is very possible. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I think even even in the nine through twelve slot, I think there's a couple of them that could sneak up there. Ali Smith could certainly sneak up there. Yeah. Macy Valadez could sneak up there. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's uh, it's I I think the FPO field is a lot wider for qualifying for the finals than the MPO. I think MPO is going to be a lot more difficult for those guys. Yeah, even the guys with one-stroke advantages, because, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Um, Kevin Jones, KJ USA, he's yeah. hit or miss. Bradley Williams has had a great showing. James Conrad sometimes has one really good round, and that could be enough to push him into the finals. Certainly. Corey Ellis won a major this year, could push up there. Joel Freeman was on the lead card, I think, almost every round don't, for don't, USDGC. Don't talk that into existence. Listen, I don't want to. I'm just pointing out a fact. <laughs> you don't. You could just not talk about him. <laughs> you could just do that. Chris Dickerson's sitting out of the top twelve, and he's the Woods King, so he could certainly get up there. Yeah. I just I, again, I think, I think that the MPO is so so top heavy. When you look at the names that are in those top twelve spots already, that I don't know how many of those guys are going to fall out of there. I mean, I feel like a few of the people like off on like the third card or even on the second card, like uh, Anthony Berlala can be a little streaky. Cole Radalin can be a little streaky. James Proctor is kind of like the Holland Hanley, always close, never quite there. Yeah. Ezra Robinson could have a meltdown at any moment. Could like definitely. I feel like those those four spots are probably even Kyle Klein gets pretty emotional and can. Honestly, I, I have to say, like, so Isaac Robinson finished second in the Tour Championship last year in a playoff to Waisaki. And he ha- is sitting second currently, second seeded, five-stroke advantage. It wouldn't surprise me if he needs all five of those strokes to qualify for the finals. Yeah. Just because he's the kind of guy that on courses where you think that he's going to be great, which is wooded wooded courses this very heavily wooded courses uh he he can get off to a slow start he can have like a like a three or four under round and then it takes him until round three or round four i i think this happened at usdgc as well i want to say it 
after the first round at USDGC, he was maybe five under when other guys were shooting 10 unders. And so it like he had to work to make third place at USDGC right. in rounds three and round four. And you can't afford to do that when there's a cut line and there's, I mean, every heavy hitter on the, on the tour is in this tournament. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has to have all five of those advantage strokes or possibly even falls out of the top 12. I won't be surprised by that with him. Yeah. I think uh, Calvin, I mean, Calvin's definitely going to be safe with a six stroke. Like, if, I would think so. I would think like, so. Like, I know he can, he falls a little bit, but with how close he is in every tournament, I feel like six strokes is enough to be like, okay, even if he falls like six, like, or falls like the four strokes to give like Cole Dolan or uh, Ezra Robinson or somebody to get up there. Like, I think he's still at a spot to where he'll still be in the top, especially with him winning tiebreakers for being the number one seed. He wins all tiebreakers, so. True, true. I mean, Gannon's another one that worries me a little bit, very similar to the the Isaac Robinson. I feel like he's he's another kid that, like. Young hotheads. Yeah, yeah, I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong. I feel like Gannon's the kind of guy that if he gets off to a slow start, it's tough for him to really put things together down down the stretch of a tournament. Yeah. But I he can certainly do it. I mean, he's definitely got the goods, but he's he's also played a little little streaky towards the end of the season. Um just not quite the podium finishes we were used to seeing out of him. Yeah, he had the last win at uh Des Moines, I think. Um well, he won Des Moines, the, then he won the he won Idle Wild. Open, that's the other one, and then Idle Wild. But since Idle Wild, tenth place at Deglo, uh, sixth place at World, eleventh place at MVP Open. Uh, he had a bad placement at USDGC, twenty seventh at USDGC. Yeah, he's just kind of he's kind of fluttered down the stretch. See what happens. Well, maybe he's just saving it all for the end all. No more majors, no more worlds, no more USDGC, this no more it. silvers, no more elites. It all comes down to this. I mean, listen, couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, and I, listen, I'm I'm excited. I think we've got a good tour championship to cap off the season this weekend. I think it'll be a good one. I'm very much looking forward to to it. Uh, and I also like the idea of like not having a 100 person field that I've got to try and keep up with. Not that it's worth keeping up with more than 20 or 30 of them, anyways. But the smaller group, I'm excited to see where I can really like kind of pay attention to everybody. Yeah. But as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us, however you're doing. So uh, we have some socials. Follow us at your own risk at Putt Stuff Pod. Um, hop into the Discord. Come talk some sports with us. Hang out. Uh, yeah, this is it. Final one. We'll be back next week to recap the Tour Championship. But then it'll be the off season, and it'll get cold, and there'll be no no more disc golf for a little bit, and they'll be sad. But if you still want to listen to us, follow our football podcast. There is that. 
We'll see you next week. Good ciao.